The Cincinnati Reds have their core and future core members in place. 2023 will be about filling out the lineup's core and supporting the pitching core, which means this offseason will have no real fireworks to it. As we get ready for Reds Fest this weekend, let me lay down how this Reds team will go in 2023. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is actually off today. He'll be back tomorrow with me. You've just got me today. I'm a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, and I've turned an addiction into information for you about the Cincinnati Reds franchise each and every day right here on Lockdown Reds, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's Lockdown Reds podcast, we are going to look at this Cincinnati Reds core and what is the point? To all of this because we're getting ready for Reds Fest, right? Reds Fest comes up on Friday, Friday and Saturday. Hope you're going to be down there. I'm only going to be there on Saturday because I'll be out of town on Friday. But at Reds Fest, the big question surrounding next year is what's the point? What are we doing? What are the Reds going for here? What What is the plan moving forward? And I believe that I know what's going on based on what they are showing us. They know who the core of their team is going to be. And we're going to lay that down here on today's podcast, looking at the lineup first, looking at the pitching, and then looking at what this offseason is going to be about in relations to that core. Because it's all about how you build this roster out moving forward. Nick Kroll has said many a time, and is a reality that we as Reds fans must understand, this team will build from within. Now, whether that is successful, whether that is uh, something that will take a very long time, I'm hoping that's not the case, but that all depends on their player development. The big guys, the guys who are going to make out the core of the success of the Cincinnati Reds are already in the organization. Sink or swim, whether or not they work out, that is what they're building the team around. We're not going to see them go out and get an Aaron judge because this team is not an Aaron judge away from a world series title. Unfortunately, as much as it'd be fun to see Aaron judge hit a million home runs at great American ballpark. That's just not happening. We'll get into why in a little bit, because 2023, it's going to be like a 90 ish loss season. Just get ready for that. I'm going to lose about 90 games here with more of the young core of this team, getting its bearings at the major league level. It's, it's going to be better. All right. I, I believe that this team will be better, but just not at first because they have to get the big guy up, Ellie De La Cruz. And I don't necessarily think that's going to be on opening day. When you get him up, he is the third member of the core of this lineup. I, I think of the lineup as having four members of the core. You've got Tyler Stevenson, you've got Jonathan India, and you will have Ellie De La Cruz at some point in 2023. The fourth one is kind of up for grabs, but I believe that there are a couple of guys in system right now who will fill that spot out. But let's look real quick because I know that some of you are like, India? Stevenson? Really? Yeah. India and Stevenson are the beginning of the core. 
And you really need to build around four hitters is kind of what I'm thinking. Like you need your four big boppers, your four sure bets that are going to get hits, going to get RBIs, going to be on base, all that good stuff. And then you need to fill out the lineup with a bunch of scrappy, you know, out uh, hard outs, basically. But your four top dudes are the core of your lineup and Indian Stevenson are the beginning. I look at it this way because a lot of people have questions and we'll definitely dive into this in more detail throughout the off season, but people have questions about Jonathan India, especially after last year, he struggled most of the way through the season, but I've said this before. A lot of that was due to injury, whether he was fighting one injury or another. I mean, after that crazy compartment syndrome there at the, um, uh, at the field of dreams game, it, it kind of felt like for a while he fought through that and he was able to play very well, but then he just ran out of steam. The final month of the season felt like a bit of a dredge for Jonathan India at the play, but he had an elite stretch. There were two months from July 9th through August 9th. There's just before the field of dreams game there, but just uh, two months where he was elite. This is the kind of player that Jonathan India can be, which is why he is one of the first members of the Reds core of their lineup through these two months. He had a slash line, of 304 batting average. He got on base at a 379 clip and he slugged 511. You're talking about an OPS of almost 900. Therefore, Jonathan, the guy that you figure to be your on-base machine at the top of the lineup, your leadoff guy, getting on base almost 38% of the time, beautiful numbers. And not to mention, during these two months, the 56 hits that he put out there, 20 of them were extra base hits. Absolutely amazing stuff from Jonathan India. When you have those elite stretches, that just tells me that yes, he is still a part of this core, very much a big part of this core. And then Tyler Stevenson went healthy. I mean, come on his entire production that he had when he was healthy. Yes, it was only 50 games, but he had a 130 OPS plus 30% above league average. And he hit 319. Batting average of 319. Those are the kind of numbers that you will just absolutely fawn over in the lineup for Tyler Stevenson. And that is a huge reason why we are looking at him as a core member of this lineup. He's going to be the key bat, the key RBI producer there in the middle for the Reds. Because I don't look at him and I say that he's injury, but I think he's unlucky. And I don't necessarily think that. You know, you take him off catcher and, and and all of that goes away. But at the same point, you know, the biggest question surrounding both of these guys is health. But you know what? Literally every other player has the ability to get injured. So I'm not letting that hamper my expectations of Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson. Because to say that I'm worried about injury and, and just because of injury, I'm going to leave him out of the core and I'm going to look to trade him and I'm going to look to move him. That's not the case here. I want Tyler Stevenson to be healthy and I want Jonathan India to be healthy. And I think that all of the moves that happen here over the next couple of years will be with that in mind, but that's not going to take them out of my core. They begin the core for me and Ellie De La Cruz. He has all the tools and will be a guy and that we want him to be. He's going to be, he's going to play up to expectations basically. And I know that his expectations are gargantuan, but hear me out. There's going to be a little bit of growing period. Whenever he first gets pulled up, probably in may, 
And then he's going to set the world on fire. He's going to be an absolute beast in this Reds lineup. He is not a guy. And I know that a lot of people like to look at his strikeouts. He's not a guy that these strikeouts are just going to completely hamper him. He's still going to hit. He's still going to be productive. He's going to be amazing on the base paths and be phenomenal defensively. Going to be a guy that the Reds can pencil into the core of this team for years, as long as they want to keep him around with the contract thing. So then that leaves the question, who will be the fourth? Because like I said, I think a good lineup has four core hitters, and they're looking for the fourth, but that player is already here. Maybe not necessarily in the major leagues, but already in the Reds organization. It could be Spencer Steer. I don't necessarily know that I would have him as the favorite. I probably look toward more like a Christian Encarnacion strand, the power numbers that Christian Encarnacion strand put up last year, and hopefully will continue to put up this year in the minor leagues are just absolutely phenomenal. Or it could be no Elvie Marte. I mean, I just got to play that video every time. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you so much for sending me that video because that gets me fired up for Noel V. Marte in this Reds lineup. Now, will he be up this season? Probably not, but you are looking at a dude that either this year or next year, it'll be late this year if it is this year at all, in Noel V. Marte, who has a huge argument to be a part of the core of this lineup. And who knows? Maybe the Reds actually get lucky for once, and we've got five core hitters instead of four. But I'm trying to keep it to four because I think four is reasonable. You look at most good teams, and you have four hitters that you really, really are worried about, and some other hitters that you can kind of be like, okay, maybe we can get those guys out. But these four hitters, that's going to be the the tough part. But the member, the, the fourth guy that can be a member of the core of this Reds lineup is already in the organization. And I believe that we will figure out who that fourth member is here in 2023. So there's lots to be excited about as we see this team grow. And as we see the core of this team fill out, just know that going, as we get into Reds fest coming up this weekend and you're looking around and you're saying, what's the point where are the Reds going, they've got a destination and they've got a plan to get there. Just kind of hoping it works. We're going to see a lot of young guys playing this year, a lot more. I mean, it's just about as many, maybe a little bit less as we saw last season, but we're seeing some big name dudes trying to cut their teeth and get into the core of this Reds team. You know, the lineup is still trying to fill the final spot of the core, but the pitching staff already has its core. Coming up, the mission of the pitching staff in 2023 is clear. But first, we want to talk about our sponsor for today, Bet Online. Bet Online is your clear source for your next great bet whether you're talking about the Major League Baseball offseason, plenty of futures out there as to where the big name guys are going to go. Aaron Judge, if he's going to be in Cincinnati, I don't think so. They're not even on the list. But I think the Giants are the favorites if it's not going back to New York. Uh, where's Trey Turner going to end up? Where are the where are the big name pitchers like Jacob DeGrom going this offseason? You can bet on that and more at BetOnline.com. 
NFL.net. Plus, you can find information on the NFL season that's going on. The Bengals are tied with the Ravens now for the first place in the AFC North. Absolutely phenomenal stuff going down the stretch run. Joe Burrow just keeps on going, baby. And for more, check out Lockdown Bengals. But you can bet on the remainder of the NFL season, plus the playoffs and everything coming up over on betonline.net. They've got NBA. They've got NCAA basketball, NCAA football. Uh, Luke Fickle. Man, I get it. I get it. Still hurts, though. Still hurts. Uh, But everything as at betonline.net plus whether you're talking about uh, point spreads you've got over-unders you've got money lines you've got all the props that you could ever want or need is all at bet online because bet online is where the game starts Thanks again for checking out the Lockdown Reds podcast here today. Coming up tomorrow, Steve and I will dig into this offseason, a couple of ideas that we have for the Reds moving forward. We've talked a lot about potential moves and potential guys. I'm seeing some names out there at catcher. Really want to dive in a little bit deeper to some of those names because I feel like we've kind of touched the surface level. Steve and I will talk about that on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks for joining me here today. Just you and I talking Reds baseball, and we're talking about the core. The lineup core, the the core of the lineup is here. Whether it's the guys who are going to fill it out or the guys who are already in the core, they're here. The pitching core is good. We're talking about the three starters, the triumvirate at the top of the rotation for the Reds and the main dude that you trust in the bullpen because the Reds have their pitching core with Hunter Green, Nicoladolo, and Graham Ashcraft in the rotation and Alexis Diaz anchoring the bullpen. 2023 is going to be about finding out who fills the gaps, finding out who supports these guys. These are the guys that you can lean on. These are the guys when you see them coming up in the probable starter, you know, if it's Hunter Green or if it's Nicoladolo, if it's Graham Ashcraft, then you're talking about the kind of pitching that you can rely on. But who else is going to be that fourth starter? Who's going to be that fifth starter? Are the Reds going to go out and get a fourth starter? Maybe a Corey Kluber. Uh, Mike Clevenger just signed with the White Sox, so it's not going to be him. But maybe you can get a guy to at least help alleviate the stress on all the young arms because you've got Brandon Williamson and Levi Stout who have shown talent, but they have not necessarily shown the ability to be consistent just yet. Could those guys make a step? Can you make it easier on them? Because the rotation is the strength of this team. In fact, pitching as a whole, like the bullpen was fine last year. I think we we, we tend to believe that the Reds and bullpen, those are two words that only go together in the same sentence if you say the Reds have a bad bullpen. They didn't have a bad bullpen. They didn't have a great bullpen, but they didn't have a bad bullpen last year. The stats are kind of there in the middle of this, uh, middle of the road so far as the league is concerned. So, Overall, I look at this team and I say, if they win ball games next year, it's going to be low-scoring affairs. We're not talking about shootouts here. The Reds are not going to win, you know, six to five ball games. They're not going to win five to four ball games. They're going to win two to one ball games. They're going to win three to two ball games. How do they get those runs? That's going to be a huge question mark for 2023. How does the lineup core get the runs for them? But the prevention, run prevention. The Reds are very strong at, and it is because of this core. Let me tell you a little bit about these guys, because I think we know 
just how good they were all season. You can look at the season numbers and say, okay, they looked good. Looks like there's some room to grow, things like that. Let's look at the last 10 starts for the top three guys. Hunter Green. His last 10 starts of the season, he averaged about five and two-thirds innings per start. He had 76 strikeouts in his final 10 starts, just 18 walks. He had an ERA of 2.91. Yes, sub-three ERA. Huge reason for that, he cut down on the long ball. In his final 10 starts, Hunter Green, the man who allowed five home runs in Milwaukee, allowed four home runs total in his last 10 starts. Is, is that not exciting? That's exciting to me. I mean, Hunter Green was showing the kind of talent and it was all because he could locate that fastball. It was a thing of beauty. Absolutely phenomenal stuff from him whenever he could locate that fastball. If he adds a third pitch, we're going to be talking Cy Young stuff. Nick Lodolo's final 10 starts of the season. He averaged six innings per start, hard six innings per start. He had 60 and a third innings pitch in his final 10 starts. So there you go. Six innings to start. Math, sometimes I can do that. Uh, in his final 10 starts, he had 73 strikeouts to just 19 walks. All three of these guys, by the way, very adept at limiting the walks in their final 10 starts. And I, I, I keep saying the last 10 because I think at this point, they've kind of gotten over the shock of, oh my gosh, I'm a major leaguer. I, I, I made it. I'm here. Now they're trying to figure out how to stick in the major leagues. Right, you, you're not, you're not going. Oh boy, do I have to worry about going down to AAA? How do I avoid that? This is them thriving, not just surviving. And in his final ten starts for Nick Lodolo, he had a three point one ERA and only six home runs allowed. So yeah, let that sink in just for a minute. Go back to Hunter Green. He only allowed four home runs. He allowed less home runs than both Nick Lodolo and Graham Ashcraft in their final ten starts. And I'm going to be a little bit judicious with Graham Ashcraft when I look at his final 10 starts. They aren't his final 10 starts because the Reds brought him back for three starts there at the end of September and then one in October, but they should have just shut him down there. There should not, he should not have been brought back. I mean, and those three starts were a struggle. <laughs> those three starts were a struggle. And the, and the biggest reason for that was just injury wise. And I think that the, the weight of having pitched so many innings, a career high of innings in a year for him, just kind of got to him, and, and he struggled through those final three starts. So his final 10 starts before he went on the injured list, he had just under, it was in between five and two-thirds innings and six starts, uh, six innings per start there in those final 10. He had 45 strikeouts to just 16 walks. Again, adept at limiting the base on balls. He did have a 4.22 ERA, so not necessarily impressive, but still pretty solid there for a middle-of-the-rotation type dude, and six home runs allowed. The, the, the young Bucks were carrying this rotation, and their final 10 starts of the year were showing me that they were starting to grow into the pitchers that they're going to be for their career. Looking forward to seeing what they can do. Now, I'm looking at Alexis Diaz. I'm not going to say, oh, his last 10 appearances. I'm looking at something else. A baseball reference has a distinction for, they call it the leverage index. It's a statistics that's based on how how stressful a situation is a relief pitcher pitching in. You know, like, is, is it something where there's a runner in scoring position, the other team could take a lead here in the eighth or the ninth inning or something like that, and Alexis Diaz is pitching in that situation. So let's look at this high leverage situations, the kind of at bats 
that the opponent has that could really shape who wins and who loses the game. He had 109 plate appearances in high leverage situations. Easy for me to say. He gave up 12 runs on 12 hits. That's phenomenal. 109 plate appearances. He gave up 12 hits. And that's only one home run. Now, he he definitely came in with uh, inherited runners and things like that. So that's probably where the 12 runs came in. But we're talking about 109 plate appearances. He had only 13 walks. He had 44 strikeouts and opponents slugged, not hit, not batting average, slugging percentage, 189 in high leverage situations against Alexis Diaz. There is a reason that he is the best relief pitcher on this team. There's a reason that he is the most trusted relief pitcher moving forward for this team. And there is a reason that there were rumors about the New York Mets trying everything that they could to acquire him from the Reds because he's good. They're not just trying to trade for him because he's Edwin Diaz's brother. It's because Alexis Diaz is good, man. So the question is in 2023, who else is going to fill out this bullpen? Who else is going to fill out this rotation? Can, can we trust Lucas Sims to come back from injury and pitch as well as he did before? Can we trust TJ Antone to return? And, and it's not going to be on opening day. It'll probably be somewhere in May, maybe in June, but can we trust him to return after a second Tommy John surgery and be a trustworthy bullpen arm? Tony Santion, what are we going to get out of him? Justin Dunn, the prospects. I mentioned Brandon Williamson and Levi Stout. What are these guys going to bring to the table? That is what 2023 is about for the Reds pitching staff. And I'm very excited to see how it goes because the Reds have their pitching core with Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, and Graham Ashcraft in the rotation and Alexis Diaz anchoring the bullpen. This next season is going to be about finding out who fills in the gaps. With this all in mind, Every single move this offseason has one goal. I'll explain what that is here in a moment. But first, today's podcast is brought to you in part by Simply Safe Home Security. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. It's super customizable, and there's not a situation where you have to purchase things that you don't need in order to get certain things that you want. The system integrates well into your home and is easy to self-install. There's no need to have a tech come out and make sure you schedule it, make sure you're at home between the hours of 10 and 3 or something like that. And it's not like it's some kind of bulky unit that's going to be like awful looking in your house. It's not going to damage your home or mess up your home's feng shui. Plus, they have an emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agent who uses the Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so that you can get a priority emergency response. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You can save 50%. That's half off today for your Simply Safe home security system by going to simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, make uh, thank you, first of all. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button and you click the bell to get notified whenever we have new content for you. New content is coming all throughout the offseason. Plus, you can follow us in between episodes on Twitter, as long as that's a thing, at S. Offenbaker with two Fs to follow Steve, and you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can also follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right. The core, we know who the core is, or we have a good idea as to who's going to fill out the rest of the core because they're all here in house. So this off season needs to be about elevating the future core. The reds must make moves that make the players that they have better. They have to have, uh, this is a needs based off season. This is not a once, this is not a, Let's go out and make a huge needle moving deal like the pirates. And they just signed their biggest deal ever for Carlos Santana at $6.7 million for one year. Yes. That really is their biggest free agent contract. Anyway, the reds aren't going to do that. They're not going to break the record that they set whenever they signed Mike Mustakis and Nick Castellanos. That's not happening this off season. They're looking for, the guys who can fill the margins. The number one thing that they need is a catcher, a guy who can be not only a backup, but the kind of guy that you can give Tyler Stevenson a break from behind the plate, but also not feel bad about it. That's why I really want to talk about that tomorrow with Steve, because I think Bobby Nightingale presented some really good options in his article in the Inquirer, And I want to kind of break those down and see which one's his favorite because the Reds need a catcher one B. They only have one catcher on the roster and Tyler Stevenson is not catching 162 games next year. It's just not happening. Nobody does that anymore. That's not a thing We're we're not going to see that happen. So they need another guy. There is not going to be that big signing that gets us all crazy riled up for the season because the team just doesn't need that. It's a needs based off season. Who are they going to sign to be a veteran presence in the bullpen? Are they going to sign Corey Kluber or a veteran fourth starter that can give this rotation the depth that it needs? Sure, 2023 for the most part is going to be about playing the young guys, but you need to have those margins filled out. We found that out at the end of last season. Whenever the Reds made their trades, whenever they traded Luis Castillo, whenever they traded Tyler Malley, whenever they traded Brandon Drury and Tommy Pham and everybody that wasn't nailed down, it felt like, uh, the roster was very, very bare. And if there were any injuries at all, then you had to call up the Michael Cianis who didn't quite look ready. Or you had to call up different dudes and, and, and maybe they played a good game here and there. You know, all of the different guys that the Reds ran out there at catcher, but maybe they played a good game here or there. But for the most part, those are not guys that you want to give lots of playing time. We want to make sure that the Reds roster has guys that they can count on. And it's not necessarily that they have to go out and sign multi-year tens, twenties, and millions of dollars to do this. There's plenty of guys out there who have shown it throughout their career that they can be guys that are looking for a contract, a, a prove it deal, something like that. That's where the Reds need to be looking. And I'm not talking about on top of the waiver wire heap. It's just not a thing. But they don't need to be replacing core players. We, we don't need to be going out and making big-time deals. I, I, I bandied this about whenever we talked about Trey Turner a couple of weeks ago, but the Reds just aren't going to do that because the Reds aren't a Trey Turner 
The Reds aren't an Aaron Judge. The Reds aren't a Jacob deGrom away from being a World Series team or even being a 500 team. I think if you add Aaron Judge to this team, they're still probably losing more games than they win. So with that, you've got to look at the fact that the key players for the future of this franchise are here in system, whether they're in AAA or whether they're in the major leagues to begin this season, they're here. So you need to support those guys. You need to build around those guys. You need to make sure that the roster is set up for them to succeed so that we don't have one guy go down. We don't have Joey Votto go down and his, what's probably going to be his final years. Right. We don't have him get hurt. And now we're just looking around like, who's going to fill that spot in the lineup? You know, do a disservice to Jonathan Indy and Tyler Stevenson by putting some no-name guy in there. Or putting somebody whose bat we know is just absolutely defunct in there. Giving lots of at-bats to Aristides Aquino, which won't happen this year because Aristides Aquino just signed a deal. It was just reported the other day. Aristides Aquino is going to Japan. He's going to play for the Chunichi Dragons. He signed a one-year deal at $1.2 million, and he's going to have the ability to make another 300000 in performance uh, bonuses. So that's awesome for him, and I'm happy for him. I hope that he goes over there, and he kind of figures out the whole plate discipline thing, and he becomes more of a well-rounded hitter and not just some guy who runs into a home run every week and a half. But the Reds don't need to be turning to guys like that. The guys who need to get playing time are the guys who are going to be here when this team is good, which we're hoping 2024. It's it's more, I'm starting to wonder if 2024 is a pipe dream. I think that they can still be good in 2024. I'm not changing my mind on that just yet. But I still believe, I still stand by that take we had last season, that 2024 is the goal here, and I think that that can be the year. But it's got to be about finding that core this year and who can be a part of it in 2023 because the Reds must make moves that make the players that they have better and support them well this offseason. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, we are going to look at the catching options out there on the free agent market and who we want the Reds to go get. That's on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds podcast. Thanks so much for listening or watching today's. Now make your next listen or view the Lockdown Sports Today podcast because the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions from all the big games and recaps and things like that can all be found on the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It happens in under 22 minutes and it's every single day. Just like Lockdown Reds, it's available on the Odyssey app. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts throughout the off season. We are going to be locked into every single rumor, every single transaction and every single moves that the reds make, because we will be locked on reds every single day.